You are listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish Podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God. Blessed brothers and sisters of our, our blessed parish and our blessed guests and parishioners who are joining us virtual for this Eucharistic celebration. Welcome to part five of our special August series. For those who have been following that series, this month is called the month of joy and beauty. The month of joy and beauty. If you look at all the readings of August, we have five Sundays of August plus one solemnity, the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Mother. All those readings invite us to reflect about the joy and beauty of being chosen by God. If you know you are chosen by God, joy and beauty is your option. It's meant for you. And so today, we are going to look at the joy and beauty of belonging to the church of what I call the Petrine office. The joy and beauty of belonging to the church of the Petrine office, popularly known as the Holy Father, the Pope. To do that, I would like us to go to that historic city where all this happened. And today we'll experience the conclave of when the first Holy Father was selected. And hopefully some white smoke will be going out of this church today. And we all shout, Habemus Papam. We have a Pope. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I know what I'm going to say today. Some Catholics and even Protestants don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about it. But we have to look at the biblical evidence. The joy and beauty of belonging to the church of the Petrine office. Let's go to that city where it happened. The city was called Caesarea Philippi. Very important for us Catholics to understand, Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi was the center of all kinds of religions on this earth. That small city. You had religions of gods of nature, the Greek gods of nature were there. You have 14 temples, 14 temples of the Syrian god of Baal. Remember Elijah who fought against the gods of Baal with Jezebel, trying to kill Elijah, who had conquered all the, the gods of Baal. In Sicilia Philippi, you had 14 temples of the gods of Baal. And that was not all. You had temples of Caesar, Augustus. That's why it was called Caesarea Philippi, from Caesar. And Philip was the son of Herod, who dedicated the town to, his, to, to Caesar Augustus because of the temple of Caesar. 
So you see that Caesarea Philippi, the Caesar and Philip, Philip of Caesar, or Caesar of Philip, that city was the center of all kinds of religion, man-made religion, all kinds of religion on this earth. Jesus, before he decides to leave this earth, he knows his time is coming. He has to hand over the baton. He has to hand over the baton. So he takes his disciples, apostles, let's go to Caesarea Philippi. It was a symbolic town. He takes them to Caesarea Philippi. And what a wonderful thing happens there. He gathers them. He begins in the conclave. They begin the conclave. This was the first question he asked them. Who do people say I am? Apostles, who do people say I am? Some were saying, oh, they say you are John the Baptist, you are Elijah. Jesus was not interested. Why was Jesus not interested? Because Jesus was trying to prepare them to come to that most important question which each and every one of us Catholics must answer. After having given those answers, Jesus turned now to them, you apostles, you who have been with me all this while, you whom I taught all this while, I have journeyed with you all this while, I ate with you all this while, you who have experienced who I am, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Catholics, who do you say the office of Peter is? Who do you say I am? There was silence. Oh my God. The apostles were surprised. What is going on here? Silence, silence, silence. Everybody's looking at his friend. Who will answer? You know, like a teacher who has asked a question and every child is afraid to answer, not to, not to give the wrong answer. So all the apostles are looking and looking and looking. Our oh, bold Peter, our bold Peter takes the courage, gets up, and says, Lord, I know the answer. And the answer is, like a child would say to the teacher, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Amazing. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember, we're talking about Caesarea Philippi with all those churches, all those gods. You are not like those gods. You, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are not a dead God. You are the son of the living God. The God of our fathers Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. The God who is the same yesterday, who created the world. The same today, the God who is the same tomorrow. That is our living God. Our God is not dead. My dear colleagues, our God is not dead. God is not a dead God. God is a living God. He touches our lives. He cares about us. And that's why he wanted to hand over the button to us, to human beings, to the apostles. When he got that wonderful answer, say, alas, you know who I am. Many times we spend our time getting worried about what people say about us. 
what others say about us. Christ was not interested. But what do you say? Don't get bothered about what people say about you or what people say about the Catholic Church. If you ask people what do you say about the Catholic Church, they will tell you all kinds of horrible answers. I have heard all kinds of horrible answers. Oh, the Pope is the 666 in the book of Revelation. The Pope is the Antichrist. All kinds of answers. But you Catholics, who do you say I am? Peter, on our behalf, gave that wonderful answer. You are the Christ. You are the anointed one. The oil from heaven that anointed you. You are that one who became man through Mary, the mother of God. You are God. You are the living God. In order to avoid confusion, so that there's no jealousy, Jesus steps in and says, Peter, what you have said is not from you. What you have said is not from you. It came from my Father in heaven. It is not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you. It is my Father in heaven that revealed this to you. Which means that Christ was telling the apostles that what I'm about to say, don't be jealous. Don't think that I have a favorite here. What I'm going to say very soon comes from heaven. It was God who appointed Peter to stand up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is not flesh and blood that revealed that to Peter. It's my father in heaven. It was a divine selection. It was a divine selection. And when he said that, he said, because of that, because you have cooperated in God's plan, because God has accepted you, today, I declare you, the first pope, Habemus Papam, with the name, not Simon Johnson anymore, not Simon, of jo Simon son of Jonah anymore, but today you are the Cephas, the rock, the Pope Rocky, Pope Rocky, Pope Rocky, Abemus Papam. You are Pope Rocky, you are Cephas, you are Petros. A new name is given to Peter. You are no longer Simon Johnson, Simon son of Jonah, no more. You are now the first, the person who had the church I'm going to found in my absence. You are Peter on, upon this rock called Petrus, Petra, Petrus rather, Peter, rock. I will build. What will happen? I will be whose church? My church. My church, not your church. My church. This is very important. Christ wants to make it clear. The church which is founding is not Peter's church. It's not the church of the apostles. It is the church of Christ. It's the body of Christ. It's God's church. It's God's church. What a joy on that day to see Peter. Being the first pope, being the first pope, the smoke is going up now. I can see the smoke going on. Habibus, Papa, Peter is a new first pope. I would like to highlight today just four aspects of the joy and beauty of belonging to the church of the Petrine 
office. Petrine means Peter. The Petrine office. The office of the Holy Father. I'll just highlight a few points on, on that. The first one. You find the joy and beauty of knowing your apostolic heritage. Why? Amazing. You can trace all Catholics. You can trace from the Old Testament, the Judeo-Christian faith, from Jesus the Jew to the New Covenant. Jesus comes to become man, comes to Israel. He establishes a new covenant and hands over the church to Peter. That's where we belong. That's where we belong. Peter, I will build my church. So the church is not a human organization. The church is a divine organization. But Peter is selected to be the caretaker. The caretaker of, of the church. We are there today because of the apostles. I always say that the apostles have always done us good. Without the apostles, we will never have the Bible. Protestants, all those who say, I'm a Bible Christian, they don't know how this Bible came about. They don't know how the Bible came about. The Bible came because God has empowered the apostles and gave them Peter to lead the church and inspired them to write the Bible. Remember that when the Gospels were written, Paul, Peter was no longer there, he was dead. He was dead. But when the Acts of the Apostles and the letters of Paul, Peter was still alive. And you can see in the Bible that Peter was always considered as the head of the Apostles. When Peter had betrayed Jesus before his death, Jesus came back to Peter. After Peter denied him three times, Jesus came back to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Petrus, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my lamb. Feed my sheep. Peter, Jesus was restoring Peter to that foundation, to be the head, to forgive Peter, to say, Peter, you are still the head. Feed my lamb. You are the head of the church. The church are founded. You are still that head. Peter, do you love me? Yes, my Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lamb, feed my sheep. Three times. Peter, do you know? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my lamb, feed my sheep. That was the third time. To cancel the three deniers of Peter before the resurrection. This is the power of scriptures. Paul, when Paul had his conversion, Paul in Galatians chapter 1 verse 18, he tells us that when Paul had converted, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1 verse 18 that, he had to go to Jerusalem to meet who? Peter. To tell him about his God touching him and making him the apostles of the Gentiles. It was after that confirmation of Peter that Paul began his ministry to the Gentiles. So Peter has always been recognized as the head of the apostles. After Pentecost, who preached the sermon? It was Peter who got up and preached on behalf of the apostles. So Peter has always, always, the biblical evidence is there. And the church built the story of Jesus. Christ never wrote anything on this earth. He only wrote on sand. He only wrote on sand. He never wrote the Bible. But he inspired the apostles, and they were inspired, and they wrote the Bible 300 years later. 300, it was put together as a Bible, the New Testament, which was added to the Old Testament. 
But today, people have taken you and said, oh, we are Bible Christians. Hey, this is the Bible. But there's a tradition before the Bible. There's a tradition before the Bible based on the apostles. Our faith comes from the apostles who built up and put up the Bible in the scrolls and kept the Bible alive. The Protestants came in only after 1,500 years later to, to print this book. They only printed it and said it and claimed that that was the Bible. It was standardized by the Catholic Church. It was the Catholic Church from the beginning that has kept the Bible alive. Are we not proud? Are you not proud that you belong to the church of the patron office? Because without that office, you will not have the Bible. You will not have the Bible. That is the first joy and beauty we have that we belong to the church of the patron office. The second, the second thing I see is that what a joy to see that God takes us seriously. God takes us human beings seriously. Can you imagine that God is handing his church to human beings? Can you imagine that? Because God takes you and I seriously. Sometimes we do not take ourselves seriously. We condemn ourselves. We see ourselves as the worst, worst people on this earth. We are so negative. We, we are so negative. We are so negative towards one another. We are so negative. God is not negative. God takes us seriously. That's why Jesus, God in heaven, handed over his church to human beings. Peter was not perfect. But God still takes us seriously. That's why we're called Catholics. We are Catholics because we believe that God still takes us seriously. Our God is not either or. He believes in us. Like his son Jesus Christ, he became man. Because he became man, God has made us divine. We are men, he has made us divine. So we are what we call the both and religion. Jesus Christ was both God and man. You and I, we are not only human beings. Because of our baptism, we are divine. We are God's Holy Spirit. He lives in us. That is why God takes us seriously. And he said to Peter, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. The power of the keys. The power of the keys. This is the key. Many times some of you think that the key is only to lock the door. The, the door. No. The power of the keys was to open up the door so that the Holy Spirit will flow with grace and mercy to the world. Grace and mercy to flow, not power. No, I am the church. I own this church. You, you are not coming in. No. The power of the keys was to open the door. The role of Peter is to open the door because we are both hands. Grace and nature. We need grace. We are human beings. We fail. We need to be forgiven. We need to be forgiven. That's the power of the church. It's both word and sacrament. The bishop and the lady. Both hands. When the hierarchy is suffering, the lady takes over. When the lady is suffering, the, the lady takes over. The church is the people of God. Both and saints and sinners. My dear brothers and sisters, I would not like to be a church in a church that is only for the saints. To be honest with you, I will not be there. Because I will not be there because I'm also a sinner. I'm also a sinner. Who is not a sinner? I cannot be in a church for only of saints. There is no church of saints. I will never be there because I will reject it. I will reject it. How many times have I failed the Lord since I, I was born? Many times I have failed the Lord. As a priest, I have failed the Lord. 
I failed him several times. But because of him taking us seriously, I can stand and preach the gospel. That's why the church has sins. We have so many sins. The Catholic Church has all kinds of sins in this world. People are doing great things for God. And we honor them. What a beauty and joy to have a church that has sins. Other churches don't believe in sins. Because they are so pessimistic. They are even more than God. But the Catholic Church believes that you and I are sins. And that's why when Paul is writing his letters to the Christians, he says, the sins of God in Corinthians. The sins of God. We are all sins. Even though we are sinners, God has made us righteous. That is the joy. That is the beauty of being a Catholic. Above all, the Catholic Church is also one. You see the oneness of the church. The, the universal church, through Peter, the symbol of unity of the church. There are four, 17 different branches of the Catholic Church. The Orthodox Catholics, there are so many of them, all in one church. This diocese is part of the church. This parish is part of the church. You live here and go elsewhere, you see the one church, one faith. What a joy! What a joy that I'm preaching to you from Africa. Oneness does not mean unicity. In Africa, we spend three hours in church, we dance and dance and dance and dance. I cannot be in Africa here. But when I come here, it's one hour. And when I go, one hour, 15 minutes. That's fine, that's fine. That shows the diversity in the church. But you see, there's still one church, the one sacrament, the one faith, one baptism. Everything is one all over the world. Because of the patron office, we are one. Above all, my dear blessed brothers and sisters, the one I love most is that the church is holy. The church is divine. If I'm standing here, because if the church was a human church, none of us would stand here. None of us would be in this church. I'm so proud to know that the church which Christ handed to Peter was, he said, Peter, I will give you the keys of my kingdom. The keys of my kingdom, not your kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. These keys are the keys of the kingdom. Peter is supposed to open up the doors for the kingdom so that we and you and I will have grace. Christ came and died for all sinners. He died for all sinners so that we have grace and joy. Our joy comes because we are being graced by God. I always tell people, do you receive the body and blood of Parajingwa? Do you receive the body and blood of Parajingwa? Are we there? Do you receive, after this, will you receive the body and blood of Parajingwa? No! You will never! Will you receive the body and blood of Bishop Olmsted? No. no, you will never. Will you receive the body and blood of Pope Francis? No, you will never. The church is the body of Christ. It is Christ's church. When we say the body of Christ, it's not the priest's body. It is the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the Catholic Church. That we will receive by the body of Christ, no matter what I have done to you. When you receive the communion, you have received the body of Christ. That is the beauty of the Catholic Church. When you go anywhere in the world, no matter how bad the Pope is, when you receive the communion, it is the body of Christ. It is not the body of Pope Francis. It is not my body. When I sit in the confessional, sometimes you don't see what I say. This is what you say. God the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, through the ministry of the church, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Through the ministry of the church. Not me! Not me! 
Sometimes you come to confession and say, Father, I said that last time. To who? You're saying to me? Not me. You didn't say anything to me last time. I don't know it. Because the church is holy, it's divine. The church is a Christ church. The body of Christ is God's body. The baptism is God's baptism. It's not my baptism. It's not your baptism. And that's why we say the greatest crisis in the church is clericalism. It is what clericalism has destroyed the church. Because sometimes we, the priests, and the bishop and pastors have owned the church. Like Peter, sometimes even more than God. You'll see next Sunday, Peter is trying to teach Jesus Christ what to do. <laughs> Jesus, you don't know what to do. Now I'm in charge. Jesus said, get there any Satan. Because sometimes, because of this power, we take it to ourselves and own it. I am the church. I am the pastor. I am the pastor. I am the priest. I am the bishop. I am the bishop. I have all the power. Oh. Bishop, you are the servant of the church. The church is God's people. You, you are baptized. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 says, the power to bind and loose was extended to all believers. All to, it was extended to all believers. Which means that you have the power to bind and you lose. By what you do. When you leave your, your faith, well, you, you carry out the power to bind and lose. When you take care of your kids, you, you take care of them and teach them well, you use the power of binding and losing because you give them good thoughts. The church does not teach anything new. Pope Francis does not teach anything new. It only gives out the truth of God. The church is there to ignite the truth of the gospel, to open the doors so that we understand the truth of the gospel, and to close it sometimes when we are going astray. Will the church accept abortion? No. When we are going astray, the church will say, hey, woo! It's not correct. The Pope does not change. It's only it's dedicated by God, it's the caretaker, to keep the church back in track. He does not change it. That's why we said, I love to be in a church that they hold you on track. That is owned by God. It's controlled by God. And that's why Paul himself says, Peter himself says, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone in one Peter. He's the cornerstone. He's the rock of the church. He is who has the church. Do we accept that? What a, what a joy to be a Catholic. We are standing on the rock of Jesus. What a joy and beauty to be a Catholic. I am standing on the rock that never fails. Jesus is the rock that never fails. Jesus, the rock, the solid rock. Amen. Jesus, the solid rock. We are found in him, our resting place. Jesus, the solid rock. Nothing will overcome the church. No, no, no enemy. The, the powers of hell will never destroy the Catholic Church because it's founded on Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God.